Hello, what's up? Welcome to the first episode of Star Wars Stories. I'm your host, Jacob. First off, a little bit about the podcast. Star Wars Stories will be exactly that, just conversations about the stories, all the stories, legends, novels, comics, rebels, cartoons, and pretty much how they tie into the films. This will be about character, villains, powers, the force, implications of stories, the meaning of events, and how they affect the Star Wars universe. But for today, I'll be playing a little bit of a conversation I had with Jake after seeing The Last Jedi. We set out to record the whole, or review the whole movie, but we got a little carried away and probably only really talked about two or three main things. It's still pretty early to be looking at the movie as a whole, so it's easy to see how caught up you get in some of the details that stand out the most. I loved the movie. I was confused at first, definitely the first time watching out, but can undoubtedly now say it's one of my top five watchable Star Wars movies. And that goes with saying no Star Wars movie is perfect or without its flaws, but they each have different kind of levels of watchability as far as content, humor, meaning, effect on the others. Um, just pretty much as a whole, I feel like it's a really great movie. It has a lot of standout good, maybe some standout bad, but I mean, I've seen it three times and I'll probably see it a couple more. So for the most part on this, I'm going to be talking about the books and the comic books. If you currently read the novels, have read the novels, legends, canon, EU, whatever it is, this will be a place where you can hear about them, have discussions about them, ask questions about them. If you're new to it or you haven't been keeping up or you have a specific kind of time period or subjects you want to get into in Star Wars novels and expanded universe, then you should check out Utini. That's like Utini, but with a Y. So Utini, Y-O-U-T-I-N-I.com which is a subscription pretty much box that delivers new Star Wars books right to your doorstep every month. You just sign up, pay a fee every month. You get to kind of bundle together what you're looking for, whether it's canon, legends, maybe certain Old Republic stuff, and you can kind of customly tailor what it is you're looking for. They're just getting started, so they're gonna be shipping out their first stuff in early February. So if you want, go ahead and check out their website. If you have any questions, you can hit them up. They have an FAQ page for frequently asked questions or you can contact me and I can put you in touch with them so we can find out if it works for you. All right, here we go. Here's a little bit of me and Jake reviewing The Last Jedi. Hi, I'm recording a, a television show. I'm scared. I guess we're as good as we're gonna get. Oh shit. Well, fuck. Well, The Last Jedi, let me tell you something about Princess Leia. <laughs> Leia Poppins? Leia Poppins. She flew down with the umbrella. Manifested in the umbrella with force, which I thought was complete bullshit and ruined that entire scene for me. Are we gonna start there? <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're we gonna start, start there. No, we're gonna start wherever you want. No, <laughs> I'll, I'll get start. into that and I'll get pissed about it. All right, let's start walking out of the theater. Initial reaction. The first time? <laughs> Your, yeah, My you, only well, time? Yeah, you've only seen it once. Yeah, true. I was... I don't know. I was a little disappointed, to be honest. I mean, it was great, like, because it was fucking Star Wars, and I had to see it, or I got to see it with your family and, you know, my friends and all that shit, but, you know, I, I think if I saw it a second time, which I hadn't had the privilege of doing, it would have been different. Yeah. I don't know. I was... I, I'm, I'll start off by saying I've seen it three times and I love it. I wish I saw it three times. Well, you yeah. will, and that's the cool thing. Like, I, the first time, okay, after the third time, it's in my top five, undoubtedly. That's fine. It's in my top five as well. Or top five as well. And the first time, I was definitely like confused, conflicted. Conflicted is a Seems good to word. Be a theme. Correct answer. Um, but yeah, I mean, the I'll read. I have this text from Wes since we saw it with Wes. Um, I was so happy Wes was there. So we, a couple days later, I saw it. So I saw it Thursday night. We saw it Thursday night opening night, and then I went back and saw it the next day. In the morning. Yeah. Okay. So I texted Wes and I said, watched it for a second time. Oh my God, it feels like a totally different experience. I don't know, I, I think I'm torn about the reception of it because everyone expects a Star Wars film to f 
feel a certain way. True. But every time I've like been around people who haven't seen all of them, or maybe there's one they didn't see and I show it to them, this whole time I'm like expecting them to have this huge like realization. And then at the end of the movie, they'd be like, oh my God, that's the greatest film. Cause that's yeah. how I feel. Like I'll show people Empire for the first time or they haven't seen it since they were kids. And then it'll be done and they'll be like, yeah, that one was definitely more interesting than the last one. And that's like all they have to say. But I think there's one of the things about Empire and like why it gets put to the top is that you've seen it so many times that you're excited about those great moments. And that's why I feel that way about seeing The Last Jedi a second time is I have that similar experience. Like when you're when you're watching Empire and you're waiting for Han to yell, deck officer? Like, <laughs> that's the little shit that you're looking forward to. And now I'm feeling that, like, now that I've seen The Last Jedi three times, the third viewing, there was, like, little things like that that I started to find where I was like, this is why I watch Star Wars films, because you can keep watching them. Like, there's a reason why I've seen Attack of the Clones the least. Yes, of course. I mean, that is, in my opinion, the absolute worst fucking Star Wars movie ever made. But the more you see the movie, regardless of which one it is, the more you're likely to love it. Like, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna open your eyes to things that you didn't see the first time or even the second time or the well, third that, time. I mean, that's you. even true with Attack of the Clones. That's so true with all of them. Like, okay, Attack of the Clones gets beat. <laughs> it does, it, unfortunately. It struggles as, as a movie. And, but, <laughs> but there's still, like, there's really risky things in it. Like, Lucas treated it different than he treated Phantom Menace. And you see this like young innocence that's like growing, but then at the same time it's like set up like a like a crime film. Yeah. Where there Obi Wan's out doing his own thing, and you come back from Phantom Menace, I think, expecting Obi Wan and Anakin to spend the whole movie together, because now he's training him. Yeah. But if you look at Attack of the Clones, they really don't spend that much time together at all. No. Like towards the end, maybe. Get, but that's get, about it. Yeah. Once they get back on Geonosis. But for the most part, it's pretty split. And then even in, I mean, they fight together in the end against Dooku. They have all that. But even in the fight, they literally get split up. No, I know. And that was like the whole prophecy thing. Like for Anakin becoming Vader, that whole shit. Like they were just setting it up. And they did a pretty good job with Clone Wars. And they did a pretty good job in Phantom Menace with setting it up and making Anakin look like this person. Not necessarily who's bad, but who's been through some shit and is going to react in right. a negative way and become, you know, whoever he's going to be, which is Vader. I think they're all, they all, no matter how you look at them as films, they're all so important for what they do. They are. And that's like... Even you, if they're fucking shitty. Yeah. Like Clone Wars. And I feel like, I don't know, like Phantom, like prequels obviously get a bad rap and they're just, they're made at a weird time. Like, I don't know what good came out of the early 2000s. But obviously when you stack them up with everything else that came out of the time, like they stand out. And as Star Wars films, they're still Star Wars films. Like everything served a purpose and no one questions what happened in it. And I think that's the feedback that's struggling for me with The Last Jedi is like, I mean, I don't know how, you're not that in tune with the internet side of it. Not necessarily, like not no. Reddit I'll agree with that. No, fucking no. And there's like, someone made a petition about like, remove the last jedi from canon what so there's like stuff like that yeah. <laughs> why yeah i don't know and, why on earth and i was talking to it um, i was talking about it to some people the other day and it was like pretty much what i came to was like no matter what happens in the prequels there may have been things that happen with characters but people questioned why the character did that they weren't questioning why george lucas had the character do that like you have Count Dooku saying to Obi-Wan, like, if Qui-Gon were here, he'd be by my side. No. No one walked away saying, why did George Lucas make him say that? Why did George Lucas decide to have Dooku say that? You start questioning, like, why did Dooku, as a character, yeah, true. say that? True, you get and into it. And then that it. gets into the conversation of, oh, wait, Qui-Gon wasn't on the council. No, he was a gray. It's pretty obvious. It's pretty obvious that Qui-Gon had issues with the council. And then everyone starts to have that conversation that makes Qui-Gon now a deeper character. 
because you because you give in to the movie. You're like, okay, yeah, you gave me this movie. Now I'm gonna re- I'm gonna respond to it with suspension of disbelief, and I'm just gonna completely buy into what you're telling me. And then now to get to the Last Jedi, my issue with the feedback is that people aren't saying why would Luke act the way he did? Why would Luke go hide? People are saying why would Ryan Johnson make yes! Luke this way? You're right. So instead of challenging the myth the way that the director gave us an opportunity to challenge the myth they're challenging the director and his idea of the myth yeah personally now this isn't about the movie this is no longer about the movie no it's about the director and his set of direction and his you know plans yeah of course but if we were to treat it like we would if george lucas made the same goddamn movie obviously there would still be a group of anti-george lucas people because i don't know why but people would probably be more inclined to question the character instead of the fact that a director chose to make the character act that way. And like that for me is like a really scary thought because now people are like, they're stepping out of the myth. Like no one questions why people wrote Hercules character the way they wrote Hercules character mm-hmm. in oral history mm-hmm. or written text. People question why Hercules did what he did because you accept it as a myth, as a legend. And you don't think about the person who wrote it or came up with the idea, quote unquote, like... Because then you're looking at it as just a story. Yeah. But if... You're not getting into it. You're not, you're not, you're not taking it into like a personal level. And I get that some of that comes from like a pushback where the movie was so different. And I had some of that, like walking out, I was like... Oh, the first time I had some of that as well. Yeah, the first time I walked out, it was like, what just happened? Am I okay with that? <laughs> I don't because even I, know if I was okay. I, was, don't I still don't know if I'm okay. I was entertained. I was on the edge of my seat. But I think that it was so much that I almost couldn't emotionally respond. Because everything... And it's not in a bad way. It's just like... In fact, I kind of like that. That there was so much invested in it. And so much history to the characters. That I walked out like... I felt like I hadn't seen The Last Jedi. And then you had to see it again the next day? And I then, I felt like I saw a Star Wars movie. Like, the second time, there was a point, like, watching it, and I was like, this is a Star Wars film. Like, undoubtedly. You got that, like, inner feeling, you know? That feeling that, like, that whole I'm, nostalgic fucking shit going on. They're like, I'm gonna watch this. Yeah. Over and over again. Forever and ever. Yeah. I'm gonna keep It's gonna be there forever. Yeah. Dude, like I mean, I, dude, even in Empire the other day, I was watching it and I I heard a line that I'd never noticed. I don't know, maybe the volume was like just it was just maybe the volume was right at the right spot. Tell me, like, tell me. Like, when after the whole deck officer thing, when C three PO and R two are walking up to go talk to uh, Leia, or no, they're going to talk to Luke, or they're going to talk to Han when he's underneath the Falcon and she's they're about to say like, oh Leia's been trying to contact you and he's like, I don't want to talk to her. Okay. So during that part, they're like walking up and like very quietly, C-3PO says something about like, oh, it wasn't my idea to like turn on the heat or like something like that in her room. And he was like, how are we ever going to thaw out her clothes? So like they melted the ice on accident (laughs) in her room. And that's nothing. It gives nothing to the story. It has nothing to do with like the mythology or like the character or anything like that. But it's just one of those things that like these people give so much attention to the film to make it feel like it's a full story and at the end of the day the last jedi feels like it's a full story it does it does and i have to agree but i've only seen it one time i was with you that one time and let me tell you i was pissed more than half of the movie i was fucking pissed and i kept looking over at you tapping you saying what the fuck is going on like Right. I'm gonna get into specifics here. Alright, let's start with the beginning. Okay, alright, go ahead. Start with the fucking beginning. Go ahead. The opening shot. Was that the Hux one? No, going down, like, past the resistance ship, like, down towards the planet as all the ships were evacuating. Oh, yeah! Oh, and then yeah! Down to, um, I forget the name of the character, but Carrie Fisher's daughter. Okay. And that okay. dude. And she's like, I don't care. Let's get the hell out of here. And all I hear is... 
<laughs> they're there. It's a plant. Like three of them. They're, oh my god. When you look up, there's just. And then the fucking, uh, what is it, the dreadnought? That was fucked, right. dude. Poe took out all of the guns and then distracted dumbass Hux. I seriously don't know how I feel about that scene. Like, it was cool. I like the fact that, like, you know, they started it off kind of, like, witty and funny and, like, all that. But I, I, I really wanted them to take a darker approach to the movie. I feel like the implications are what was dark. And, like, we'll get into that about how it leads into the next episode. But as far as just, like, the intro... I think that there was, there's this like fear that you feel as a viewer. No, hundred percent. Like, Especially like, after fe after yeah. seeing seven, like and going through all that and seeing right. the end of that and like that little cliffhanger, like there was definitely a fear of like what can happen and what will happen. And the crawl, even just saying that the resistance is like kind of on their last foot. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think that for me was so cool because it was like a sobering effect. Because you go into it thinking like, oh, they, so they defeated back. they defeated Starkiller Base, like everything's cool. Yeah. But no, Starkiller cool. Base like destroyed the new capital. Which yeah, we didn't get that whole political background of, and like we didn't really care too much for it. But I think now we're seeing the responses of that. And just when that first Star Destroyer pops in, and just fucking the, just my the heart sound, drop, dude, my heart drop. And you just hear it. You don't even see it. You no. hear it, and she says, "Oh no," and you look up. <laughs> and two more pop in and you get that feeling that like kind of similar I like I felt that more in this film than I did in Empire when Vader shows up yeah no I think I did too like, it was when, when they find them in Empire I'm like okay they found them like this is a level playing ground like the rebels have found the, the probe droid the whole like oh they probably know we're here so they kind of know they're coming, and then they show up, and it's kind of like, <clears throat> they're slightly prepared. Yeah, they were expecting it to an extent. Right, and you still get into a ground assault and, like, all that. But the way that it happens in The Last Jedi, it's like, how did they find us? How the fuck? Three of them! I think it was more than three, dude. They just think, showed up. And when you think about how close this movie is to the end of The Force Awakens. Oh, it's like... It's like you can't win, which no, is finally not. something new because you're so used to like the rebels just getting away and then like having some kind of chill, like let's set up a base. Yeah, on, yeah, they do their own thing. You know, they have like, a glass of wine, they have a little cigarette here and there, like they just do their thing. But now it's they're on the run, and I think that set the pace of what was used as the plot device of the film, like that slow chase, which we'll get into. No, 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 I t I totally agree. Like I think it was, I think the movie was very one note when it came to like the atmosphere of like where the movie was taking place like it was it was it was only a few destinations that they were at like mm -hmm. that salt planet whatever the fuck especially it was coming called. from rogue one which, oh especially which jumped around so much oh, fuck i loved rogue one i thought that was great but i think part of that in rogue one that they jumped around so much was that the action of it the, the setting of it and the time period was so like that was when arguably the rebellion kind of kicked into gear okay like above scare that's I like, agree that's I when agree. they finally mobilized like no matter what you see in rebels where they're like doing these little hit and run missions like scarab was the first time where they kind of said like let's do this yeah like let's, let's make they, a risk yeah they took let's the stand and they showed and they on they a hue when they did the bombing run so like they're kind of finally starting to do that and so the pacing of the movie fits the fact that they're going so many places but i think the last, last jedi also fits the pacing and the fact that they don't no one has a base the movie starts with the base being destroyed yeah snoke doesn't have a presumably base. their only base like right. that is their last hope and snoke doesn't have a base like Oh, but he has a ship. His ship is so cool, dude. He has a mobile command station, so it's almost fitting that the First Order is in their biggest ship, their mobile command, their flagship. But then the Resistance is also in their mobile command, their flagship. Like, the Radis, the ship that they're in, is the biggest ship they have and arguably one of the only, like, warships they have. Yeah, the, the the big old rebel commander, yeah. whatever you the fuck you want to call it, shit. And so like that, the biggest one. that view of it shows like, look, you have the First Order's biggest ship, look at that fucking ship. And now you have the Resistance's biggest ship, and they're talking about it saying like, 
they're smaller and faster but it's still the best they have so i think that kind of sets like the view of like the best the rebel uh, the i guess technically the rebels again but the best that the resistance can get is still nothing compared to what evil yeah and the first order can get and i think that's shown like there's this kind of common theme and it's set up with the whole poe thing where they're like a single small armed ship is Poe in the X-Wing in front of three <laughs> Star Destroyers. And a Dreadnought. And a Dreadnought. Don't talk about the Dreadnought. And that's it. Like, that's that's Rebellion. That's Resistance. Like, in a whole, that one ship who has the fucking balls to stand there and toy with someone. Like, yes, the dialogue may have been a stretch. You know what? I think at the beginning of this, I said I didn't like it, but I think I fucking like it. I'll tell you what. It was pretty good. It was it was comical. You know, it was entertaining. It fit the character. Yeah, it did. It totally did. Poe is like this whole like badass kind of like edgy character who's like when you, know. you see it in the Force Awakens when he does the whole like sorry I can't hear you underneath that. Like, yeah, you, yeah, like, you yeah. Get, you get that he's kind of the guy that like, and I've read the Poe comic, so you kind of understand like that he's that guy that. He was born in the rebellion. Hmm. He was lived on Yavin Four. Like his parent, his mom in the comics fought alongside Luke Skywalker. Like they, this is nothing new to him. Like he's not scared, and that's part of the reason why he's such a hothead and why he's such a fly boy. Yeah, is fly boy. <laughs> <laughs> fucking is is because he fucking. Fly it's nothing boy. new to him. Like he's. He's been living in what most people would consider fear since he was a kid. And so it makes sense to him to challenge that. And to know, like, he's surrounded by heroes growing up. So it's it's nothing new. He's just going to pop out and shit. Going to charge up his little booster. Just a little angsty teen, dude. That's all he is. He's just a 13-year-old flying a fucking X-Wing. That's what he is. Pretty much. It's ridiculous. I fucked with the first scene, though. I really did. Like... Like, you know, I, I, I would like the movie in general, not just the first scene, but in general, I would have liked it, I would have liked it to be a little bit darker and like gone down different paths. I mean, and I'll get into that in a little the bit, three but three bombers, three or four. No, bombers. that was dark as fuck. I like that. I like that. That little girl that died, like trying to drop all the bombs. Rose's like, sister. Yeah. Rose's sister. Yeah. That was heavy, dude. Watching, that was heavy. Like there was you get kind of like that uh, feeling of uh like not to i don't want to say that the film was similar to empire but just the way that like the second film in a trilogy kind of works you get that feeling of um when all the bombers start making their run and you're like poe just turned off his headset is disobeying a general who's just also being a fucking dick and you're like i want them to succeed so that he doesn't get in a lot of trouble but also because like we're used to seeing the rebels get in these situations where they walk away nearly unscathed or like faceless they heroes die barely make it out type of shit I yeah totally but they know make it out and like yeah, in this they make it out always in this situation like that bombing run you're almost expecting everything to go swilling like yeah. they might lose one bomber yeah or like a, a couple, of, you see the first X-wing get shot, and you're like, <sighs> and you're like, okay, that's yeah. normal. Like the X-wing gets shot. Like how many times have we seen pilots die? Like fucking Porkins can't pull up. You see, Porkins, <laughs> all these so pork rinds, bitch. <laughs> you see all these people in the rebellion <laughs> that like die as nameless heroes, and seeing that fucking Tie Fighter like spinning out and hit the first bomber for a second, you're like, okay, that's normal. And then it spits out and hits another bomber. And, and then, then it another. Spits out another bomber. And then another. And then there's one bomber left. Yeah, like, one. And that's Rose's sister, which is a huge connection to the story. Which, which is I why seeing it twice so fucking much. Which like, is it why was, seeing it twice is so important. Uh, the first time you, the first time you get it as like a faceless person, you're like, okay, this girl. You like, they think they say page. He says like page. Why are your bay doors open? Or your bomb doors open? Whatever he yeah. says. And so like you get a name, but you don't really get like any connection to that character. So the first time you're kind of like, whoa, this is heavy, because. She only has one thing left she can do, and that's make sure that she opens those up and gets the attack out. But other than that, you're like, I don't really 
you don't have any connection to the character. No, you don't even know who she is at that point. The second time you see it. Oh, uh, dude, I know, because you know. Right? Like, you, you know that that is Rose's sister, and, like, you have that personal connection, you have that emotion flowing. Like, the first time I saw it, well, the only time I saw it, I didn't have that connection. I, I just couldn't believe it that she would, she would, she was kicking the fucking, the, uh, the ladder, whatever you call it, to try and get the Bombay doors open and all that, and I just was just so, like... The emotion was flowing during that scene, and that was within the first what 10, 15 minutes of the, yeah, of the movie. And then all that emotion they kicked is, it off really well, pretty well. All that emotion is just like about the resistance or the rebellion in a whole. Oh, it's beautiful. Within the second time you see it, and you get that connection of like, this is why Rose fights. This is why she finally like, the first time you see her, she's so nervous and yeah. she's messing up her words. But then by the end of the movie, she's so confident and she's so sure of how she feels. And that's because she's almost had to like assume the role of her sister, where her sister was the fighter and her sister was the one that would go out and was like the, the proud, bold one. And now like she gets to take over that mantle. But that's how the rebellion, that's how rebellion works in general. You lose soldiers or you lose people that are like advocates and fighting for what's right. And they have to be, someone else has to rise to that occasion. Mm -hmm. And I think that like Rose's character does a great job with that. Oh, but like sticking to the she's beginning great. or like the second time you see it, like, I had that I was emotional just because of like the whole rooting for the rebellion, but the second time I saw it, like I was fucked up. <laughs> oh goddamn! I need to see it the second time. Dude. I was like, this, this is the dark part, and this is what I, this is what I love about Ryan Johnson is that he didn't make a movie that you see it once and you get the Star Wars. Because why would we need that? We don't. We, we don't need to see it multiple times. And just like every other like, Star Wars you've ever seen. Just like he has. Who's seen a Star Wars movie just once? Not people who would be sitting here recording a podcast. No, not fucking people who would be recording a podcast. No way. I think that like it's almost becoming cliche because so many people on on Reddit or Twitter, or Instagram, or whatever, are saying like, "Oh, the second viewing, the second viewing, the third viewing, whatever." But it shouldn't be cliche. Like that should be like I didn't. I I liked Star Wars very much the first time I saw it. All of them. I remember I had chicken pox. I was watching like on chicken pox. On Jesus. I was, fuck. My parents were out of town. I was staying at my grandparents' house, and all my grandpa had was old westerns. I think it's <laughs> Clint Eastwood I, shit. Like <laughs> yeah. I think at some point someone might have marketed Star Wars as like a western in space and my grandpa bought it <laughs> and luckily my grandpa bought it because when I had chicken pox my parents were out of town and I was, like, I was staying with my grandparents I sat there and I watched A New Hope over and over and over again I was a kid I can't tell hey, you I can't, I can't tell you, know? you it was better the second time because I don't really remember but I'm same. <laughs> but I'm guessing that the magic of it was the fact that I could keep watching it and keep finding new things in it. And like, as I grew up, I kept watching it. And honestly, I don't give a fuck if a 50 year old watches The Last Jedi once and doesn't like it. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> like this is this is our point of view and we're this age. So we can't speak for people that are older. We can't speak for people that are younger, but where I'm at right now with Star Wars, like. I'm down. <laughs> we're lucky, dude. Honestly, we're lucky to be at the age that we're at, like during this whole Star Wars. I mean, we craze. got to see the. We got to. Okay, we're at a point where we got to see the original trilogy when that was all there was, and we got to see like we got to see original trilogy as kids, where we never thought there would be anything else. We were just showed this as like this classic film or like someone showed it to us and was like oh this is like the first blockbuster or like yeah, anything like yeah, that yeah yeah and so we got to see him and like for us that like spoke to us and we were like whoa this is crazy and like for me i started reading the thrawn trilogy with my dad before any of the prequels came out so as far as i knew as a kid it was like there's these three movies and the Ewok movies and the holiday special. The Ewok <laughs> movies. <laughs> there's, there's these, the these, fucking <laughs> Ewok movies. Do not get me started on that shit. There's these three movies <laughs> and these books. And so the books became like 
kind of like my imagination side of it and I, me and my dad I learned reading adult novels by switching off reading me and my dad reading like Heir to the Empire and Last Command and like all these Thrawn books and then we were lucky enough to see all of the prequels in theater at an age even where, Phantom Menace at an age where we weren't jaded and we couldn't walk out of the theater saying that doesn't hold up to the original trilogy. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> that does not hold up. We got to see him and just be stunned and awed. And like, yeah. I can't... Because you already saw four through six, right? And as a kid, you're like, these are cool, but like, it's 2000. <laughs> 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 what else can we see? And then, right? like, I, I can't lie. Like, I didn't realize that people didn't like The Phantom Menace until I was a young adult. It took me a long time because I, I wasn't on the internet for like stuff like that and I would just watch them like over and over again. I would just watch them as a kid and I was like, whoa, these things are cool. I really like these. And they were just part of Star Wars. Like I had no different opinion to them. It was, I understood that like these things are older and they're about that and these things are newer and they're about this, but they're all connected. And I think now that's what's happening with The Last Jedi is it's like, why would you want every trilogy to be the same? Or to be about the same things, or filmed the same way, or look the same, or have characters act the same way. It makes no sense. Like, no. the whole point of it like, would be repetitive and it would be boring. Honestly, it would just be fucking boring. And people are talking about how, like, some of the things in The Last Jedi are like, oh, they disrespect the character, they disrespect, like, the lore, the myth. But that's not true because what did George Lucas do except always try to challenge what he had done previously yeah like, look at the fucking prequels for exactly. fuck's sakes like and he stands by him shamelessly <laughs> shamelessly that's a good word he like, does he literally he says does. like i just thought, <laughs> well i thought that I, th I thought that i should make the movies that i wanted to make and at the time i pushed what cgi could do and it's like fucking cool <laughs> but also like exactly you you created something that was very specific and very recognizable and then you added on to it by going back and telling the story that took place before and you made that also very different visually and very different with the plot devices corruption policy organized religion technically and he continually challenged that and i don't i think that if lucas made a sequel trilogy it would be very different than the original trilogy and it would be very different than the prequels and i think time after time like we were making jokes that after the last jedi came out i was like how much you want to bet ryan johnson got a call from george lucas <laughs> <laughs> and all, all george lucas said to him was we can never win. <laughs> we can never win. Just tell the story you gotta tell. <laughs> like, stick to your guns, do what makes sense to you, and take the characters where you wanna take them. Because, I mean, like, that's it. Like, you're totally right, man. You're totally right. The Last Jedi was a good film overall, but I have plenty, plenty, plenty of problems. I don't know, you know, it was, it was a good movie, like, overall, like, I really did like it, but, like I said, with the whole Snoke thing, like. Alright, let's start with specifics. Let's, <sighs> let's start from top. I'm gonna adjust this a little bit. Okay. Go ask you a little closer. I was extremely fucking pissed off that Snoke died the way that he right, did, like. Let's start, we'll start from the top. Alright, All right. go ahead, go ahead. So, Fuck. opening scene. Do to do, you go down, they get out. They're escaping. We gotta start with the dreadnought. No, no, be specific. Yeah, we're starting with All the right. dreadnought. So, Poe pulls up. He's okay. flicking switches. You hear BB-8 do his little, <laughs> his little beep, He's beep, boop, boop. And Poe's, Poe's lying about. Poe's him. confident. Happy beeps. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fucking foe. He wants happy beefs. And then it switches to Leia. I'm with the droid on this one. Leia, I have so much to talk about about The Last Jedi, dude. Oh my god. Alright, so we get the happy beefs, which I didn't realize till the second viewing. Pretty sure BB-8 says I got a bad feeling about this. Okay. I'm gonna have to agree. 
We don't hear it anywhere else in the film. We don't. You gotta assume it's in there. It's always in there. And I kind of like that. I do too. I honest, honestly, I do too. Like, I like the fact that BB-8 is. I'm gonna just fucking say it. He's replacing R2 and he's in a different becoming, way. Though. Yeah, in a different way. Like, not in the same way. No way. Like, he's he's different, but he is, in a sense, replacing R2. Like, when I think the last the last Jedi, they they play upon that from The Force Awakens, where there was like an interview in The Force Awakens where someone asked about BB-8. And I think it was John Boyega. Oh. And as Finn, and he was pretty much saying like, "No, we're like we're on the run. Like we need a we need a faster droid. Like we need a droid that can keep up with us. Like he's it just fucking it just makes he's sense. He's a soccer ball. Like R two D two is not getting off of Jakku like through the sand. No. So like that makes sense as like a character type. But then also the way the BB eight is kind of like very like rebel in his in the way he is like he goes no, against yeah, he, what we he, expect from a droid poe and bb-8 reflect off of each other that's the same way as luke and r2 reflect off of each other they both have the same mindset they both have the same thing going for them like they have the overall goal right and i think that that's part of the reason why bb-8 has some of those right those uh personalities because like R2 matches Luke in the way where Where what, Jacob? Where Luke's kinda like a little Luke's a little more hesitant. And Luke's a little more responsive to other wise. people. Wise. I'm just gonna use oh, yeah. wise. And he grows Dude, into that. And I think R2 wise. has that too. No, he does, definitely. And then in the same way as you're saying, like, BB-8 is very much like... Even C-3PO, for fuck's sake, like, all of them who relate to Luke are wise. Rey has become wise. Yeah, and I think that that'll continue to grow, but, like, the way you said BB-8 mirrors Poe in a way that, like, BB-8's kind of a hothead. He is. And he's kind of a shit-talker. From what we know. He's a shit-talker. Yeah. And, like, R2 has that, too, so I kind of yeah. like that, and... I like that BB-8 <laughs> yeah. BB has some of those personalities that R2 has in the way that he kind of like hacks. It's a fucking droid. We'll stop talking about it for now. The dialogue between Poe and Hux. Oh god, that was so good. <laughs> I really did enjoy it. At I was, first, I was a little skeptical. I was definitely and, skeptical. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't really know how I felt about it, but, you know, Poe, he did a good job at fucking, I don't even know what to call it manipulating Hux. Yeah, I mean, he was toying with him. Yeah, he and, was. And I, it's fitting. I mean, we said it's it's fitting for the character. We talked about that. Like, it's not surprising that Poe would do that. I think where people hit some issues with it was they were surprised that Hux would fall for it. Yeah. I'm no, I, I, I am. I'm not. I am. I'm on the opposite side of you right now. I totally am. Hux so is a general. But he's a jackass. He is jackass. a fucking gen. Yeah, he is a jackass. I'll agree, but come on. like. He's He's pompous. You gotta be dumber than a sack of dirt to believe that I shit. Think he is. Like, I think he's arrogant. As but shit. how did he become a general if he's dumber than a sack of dirt? Because him and Phasma assassinated his dad in the Phasma book. Alright, I haven't read it. I agree. <laughs> I haven't read it. He's not, he, he's not ready for the position that he got into. No, I agree. Like, they prematurely. Supreme leader Snoke. <laughs> like, fuck you, dude. And I think that a lot of people are like, oh, well. JJ set him up this way in The Force Awakens to where he's like this Nazi leader and he's so like proud <laughs> and loud. Leader. And I think that yeah, that makes sense. Like in front of a crowd, he can rile the crowd. True. And he tries to do the you same. You saw that in seven. You see it in eight. He tries to do yeah, it to Yeah, you po. see it in eight as well. He tries to do it to Poe and he says like, you will be crushed. Like all this. Supreme leader Snoke. Fucking <laughs> Jesus. And Poe's like, I see through you. Like, you're a fucking tool. Let's do this. And he literally tools with him. Yeah. And then the the, the line about, like, <laughs> I have a message. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I, 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 need a, I need to report a message to a Hux. Can you hear me? Can he hear you? General Hux here! <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> and then the line about, I have a message from General Organa about your mother. <laughs> About his fucking mother. These are li these are the lines that live on. Like no, I love it. I fucking love it. And 
as much as I, as I would like to see the movie be a little bit darker, you know, but like even like the humor part, like the Poe part and the Hux part, like I fucking love it. No matter what, I fucking love it. Like it's great. At a certain point, you gotta step back too and like realize that there's gonna be kids that see this film for a first exactly. Time. It's a new generation they're appealing to. And the same way, like I don't know how Revenge of the Sith is like PG or PG thirteen or whatever it is. Because when I look at that movie as an adult, that shit's <laughs> that shit's G. He's like horse choking Padme. That's the he's, that's the hardest it gets right he's there. Killing younglings, but but not even touching like yeah, that's like, fuck. And so like for this movie, like I understand that sense of where like this movie should appeal to everyone, and a lot of people are gonna say like, oh well, that's just Disney trying to sell more tickets, but it's not. It's Star Wars. Like there's a reason why me as a young kid in the late '90s can watch A New Hope and fall in love with it, and my dad at 19. In 1977, can see a new hope in theaters and fall in love with it. And someone who's 60 in 1980 can see it and fall in love. Like Jeez, it needs to fuck. be. There's uh, this really thin area where it needs to be appealable to everyone. But when you're the age you are, and a movie comes out that year, you want it to only appeal to you. Agreed. Like there's a part of me. You get that, selfish. There's a part of me that wants to go and like see the really dark movie that's just dark all the way through but then i realized why the fuck do i want to see <laughs> that's god like... damn it that's why i wish i would have saw it like a second or a third time dude like i think it would have reflected on me a different way than just seeing it like the first day on the opening night you know right i mean there's a lot of energy and high expectations and yeah definitely years definitely raised parents who snoke all this stuff and but... then snoke ends up to be this fucking guy who we absolutely know nothing about. What do you know about Qui-Gon? I know a lot about Qui-Gon. Before Phantom Menace? Oh, I don't know much. You mean that movie where he was introduced and then he died in it? Yeah. You know. I what? haven't I haven't read the comics. I haven't read the fucking books or right. whatever so you're trying to pull on According to the movies, Qui-Gon, the super powerful Jedi Master. The everyone... best Jedi Master. Let's be real here. He is the best. And in my opinion, how many movies have you seen him in? One. How did he die in that movie, right? Sacrifice. In that movie, though. Phantom Menace? He died in that movie, right? Yeah. The same movie he was introduced in? Yes. The no only movie. movie he was introduced Without in. any backstory? No. No backstory at all. That's fine. Right? No! I want to know more about him. Like... It might be fine to you, but like... No, it's not fine to me, but I've read the books and I've read the comics. I know, and I fucking envy that. And Qui-Gon is my favorite Jedi, period, end of story. There's a reason my name is Qui-Gon Jake on fucking Instagram. Like, that dude is the shit. The green lightsaber, the whole gray mentality. Like, and you feel dude, that way... he's great. You feel that way without knowing his backstory. Yes. Exactly. And if I knew his backstory, I'm sure I would love him... 50 fucking times more. So then now, why all of a sudden is it such a fucking issue that we don't know Snoke's backstory? Because he's a Sith. Is and he, it's he's not. Okay, well, he fucking shocked the shit out of Kylo. And I thought that that was a groundbreaking moment. Like, holy shit, this guy has the Force. Not only does he has have the Force, like, he's using Force Lightning. That's something we've only seen in what the Emperor. So Have we ever seen it anywhere else? No. Yeah, Dooku did it. Okay, fucking Dooku. Fuck Dooku anyway. But Snoke used Force Lightning. I want to know more about him, and I am unbelievably pissed that that dude died within the first. Oh, let's say an hour. Maybe even 45 minutes of the movie. So you're mad. Pissed. You're Don't say pissed. mad. Pissed. Yes. That this new movie okay. that just came out yes. makes you want to know more about a character that's in it. Yes, because he died and they're not going to explain anything in 9. Yeah, they're not going to... They're not going to explain Snoke's origin or any of that bullshit in 9. 
They're gonna continue on with the story with Finn and Ray and Kylo and fucking Poe, and they're not gonna think twice about Snoke. So and I kinda I like how Qui-Gon died in episode one. A hundred percent. The same thing. But then 17 years later, we're still talking about his back. I'm fucking pissed now. You're getting me heated, dude. This I just like, want to know about Snoke. That's just it. like 17 years ago, we just wanted to know about Qui-Gon. And look it. We still can, you can still go I'm out. I'm not waiting 17 years to hear about Snoke, dude. You I don't have to. Cloak of Deception about Qui-Gon was written a long time ago. You can go read the Qui-Gon book. Fuck Qui-Gon! We're talking about Snoke here! I want to hear about Snoke! It's the same shit over and over again. Like, you can't be mad that a movie makes you My want... zipper's down. You can't be mad that a movie makes you want to know more. <sighs> no, I agree. It makes me want to... You know, it has that little... That little juicy details, you feel me? Like like cooking a cooking a steak on the barbecue. <laughs> like cooking a steak in the barbecue, you just wanna know what it tastes like. Cause you can smell it. Yeah, you can smell it, you can see it, you can hear it. Alright, I got a crazy idea then. Alright, well I'm gonna have to just let what you if, go along with it. What if you cared so much about Star Wars and so much about the characters? I do! A book about them. To read? <laughs> to learn more about them. Not a movie? Imagine that. You're out of your mind. Imagine. I can't. Imagine that. It's so far-fetched, I can't even imagine. Imagine that you could go to our sponsor, Utini. Utini? And sign up for a book subscription. You're out of your mind if you think I'm reading a book. Where they send you the new canon book every month. For as... how much? Give me the price. Come on. We'll find that out later. Alright, we'll find that out later. That's fair. But, new canon book? Legends book? I'm down with the Legends book. I read the Luke Skywalker one. We're gonna do a different segment on that later on this year. Next year, technically. Don't be that guy. Next year, technically. Don't fuck with me. Don't tell me I'm not gonna be that guy. This one? Hey, I'll see you next year. <laughs> hey, peace out. Uh... One year from now. Fuck you, dude. I'll see you on the first. How will we talk year. about this, Jacob? How will we talk about this? Leia, dead. Okay, let's talk about Leia, dead, and then she uses the Force to to climb back to the ship somehow. That is not real. That cannot fucking happen. It can, but. I hate it. See, here's the weird That's thing. That's the only part of the movie that I absolutely hate. And that fucking Rose kamikaze fucking Finn. I didn't like that <laughs> I did not like that either. Alright, we'll start off with the Leia thing. Alright, we'll go with the Leia. It's a stretch. Like, literally... What do you was, mean, it's like, a stretch? Like, it's a huge stretch. Like, Are you fucking getting me? Alright, if she was like five feet out of the ship... Maybe. Way farther than that, sweetheart. Okay. Way farther. She was a good, like, three... 30 meters. Let's try that. 30 meters. Do you know how far that is in feet? Just so far. <laughs> Pretty fucking far. And she did this one. Open the hand. <sighs> All right. And she forced herself down to the fucking... The ship and knocked on the window as if it was gonna... <laughs> like, what the fuck is that? That's the only part of the movie. Oh, no. That is one of the few parts of the movie that pissed me the fuck off. That's when I looked at you and said, Jacob, why the fuck are we here right now? <laughs> that one. Like, I understand I that I... she is a Skywalker, quote unquote. Like, she does have the force. Like, I understand that, but... Has she ever picked up a lightsaber? But has she ever, to... like... Okay, but has Maz Kanata ever picked up a lightsaber? No. You ever question the fact that she's force sensitive? No. But I question Leia. Because she's supposed... Oh, go ahead, Megan, but please. I really think that her just, like, having those powers and not, like, choosing to fight or use a, like, whatever with lifesaver. Lifesaver? Lightsaber, yes. Lightsaber. <laughs> Agreed. Um, like, it just is a lot cooler to me. 
Okay, but, I oh, agree. Yeah, I just, agree. It is. It totally like is. That's where it, that's where like we're getting into this really weird place where certain people are gonna get the most out of the story if they read the novels and the comics, and certain people are gonna Fucking get words. Whatever's <laughs> and people are gonna get whatever's there if they just watch the movies. And like in from a certain point of view, and then like some of the novels, you think that. It's kind of presented that Yoda kind of thought Leia was the one. Like, he knew that they were both most likely equally Force-strong and Force-sensitive. But Yoda, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, is responsible for looking over Leia. And Obi-Wan's responsible for looking over Luke. Think about the different situations. Leia goes to Alderaan. Yes. A very well-known planet. Yeah. Part of... The Republic. Yes. As the daughter of the Queen. Yes. And a senator. Correct. She's not hiding anywhere. No. All they did was change her name. Yes. She's still gonna be in the middle of shit. Agreed. She's still gonna be super involved. Agreed. And she goes to school to become a politician. Extremely agreed. So Yoda's sitting there on Dagobah. What do you think? I loved his Who do you think that he's gonna think is the chosen one? Who do you think he's gonna think is the next one that is gonna come to power? Do you think it's gonna be the one that's trained to be a politician, that understands the climate of the galaxy, that is technically royalty from her adopted parents and her actual parents, or the one that they chose to go and hide on a desert planet because maybe they're scared that he would suffer the same fate as his father. Do you think it's weird that like they end up hiding I have the fucking force. How did that fall? Everybody, I have the force. You should just remember that. You know, Do you think it's weird that they hide Luke on a desert planet, away from everything, but yet Leia's allowed to go to this like super populated? But was it okay? Time out. Before you even continue, was it planned? You think Luke's? descendants and like his upbringing was planned by Yoda or future Jedi well I mean Yoda, or fucking Qui-Gon for that matter I mean if Yoda wanted to change diapers he could have been like I'm gonna take this fool of Dagobah with me and I'll protect him and train him there because Yoda knows that Dagobah you can't fucking see people when they're on Dagobah no I, I, I get that I get that but why would he think that Leia was the one because she was the one that was in position to make change. She was raised to be a politician. She was. She was a Skywalker. She was. She her, is. Her actual mom and her adopted mom. Rest in peace, Carrie Fisher. Were both queens. Who do you know that could be born of a queen and then also adopted by a queen? Fuck you, Jacob. Like, what are the odds? Like, come on. The odds are zero. And her dad was a senator. All right, I understand that. Yoda could have mistaken Leia for being this Jedi, or whatever the fuck you want to call him, like a gray Jedi or something like that. But she is force sensitive. I totally understand that. But the way they portrayed that in the movie was unsettling. It was out of nowhere. It was out it, of nowhere. Yeah, it was, it was out of nowhere, and after I saw the out of nowhere, it was very unsettling. I was not okay with it. Because... No, yeah, there was, my, my first reaction was, I wish that... The second viewing, you like, the first viewing, you see this moment where you kind of, you feel something's coming, because Kylo does the whole, like... I'm gonna kill my mom thing. Right, and he lets he go, doesn't... and has everyone called the TIE Fighters that are behind him comes in and actually do it. A lot of people predict that coming. But then, rest in peace, Akbar gets pulled out of the bridge, <laughs> not sensing the trap. <laughs> How the fuck did Leia live out of that? Are you kidding? She got blown up by TIE Fighters Do you remember? twice. Do you remember what Two happened? Times. Do you remember Two times. Two TIE Fighters. Do you remember what happened right before she got, the bridge blew up? No. It goes to Leia's face. Okay. And there's this look on her face where she almost like takes a breath because you know she's sensitive so you know that she can like feel something yeah coming. well she's a skywalker so the first look you're like when i've watched it the first time my reaction was oh shit, she's sensing something happen and then she gets ripped out of the bridge 
my second watch part of this is biased from reading like the extended universe novels which i haven't done knowing that jedi and sith seeing their perspective in the books you get to see their thought process where like if something's about to happen the book will say like so and so like felt what was coming through the force and prepared themselves and drew from like the deepest of their depths and created a force barrier and so like i have this biased mindset going into it so the second time i watch it like leia takes a, a breath okay and she knows something's coming so if leia is going to be force sensitive don't get me wrong there should have been something leading up to it okay but there should have been you are absolutely in the scenario right. we were given leia knows something's coming she takes this breath and she prepares herself she was presumably dead out in space. But what's important is what you. happens before that. She knows something's coming. And like from different EU novels and canon novels, you know that like certain characters can create almost like this force cocoon where they can protect themselves by okay. drawing on the force. And if Leia's gonna be a force user, what type of force user do you really want her to be? Like which one makes sense? Is she gonna be like the healer, the protector? Or do you expect her to be someone like Anakin or someone like Luke that will go out there and confront and fight? She has her con confrontation side, and that's politically. As a force user, it makes total sense that she's gonna be the healer type where like she protects herself and protects those around her. Okay, time out. Before you go any further, let me just state that nobody knew that she was a force user. Yes, she was well, a I'm Skywalker. Not that, no. I'm not arguing that it was totally... Yes, she was a fucking Skywalker. Yes, she was a descendant of a tremendous, tremendously powerful family coming from Vader, coming from fucking Luke, coming from fucking all these people who use the Force to their advantage. No one knew that Leia could use the Force. And... I totally get that in the face of death, lack of a better word, of death, like she would pull out her force strengths or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Like she, she would pull that out and use it, but no one assumed that it would be her. Like, but I almost don't think that it's training. Like if, what if she she is not trained with exactly, the Jedi? Exactly. So it feels instinctive. I understand that. Like in that if she was if on the she was on the verge of death, and I totally get that. And that's when like the Force is supposed to be awakened. Like so, then it should be a survival thing. Like the same yeah, way that no, like, totally exactly. Best. That's why I accept it, and that's why I agree with it. But I do not like how the movie portrayed it. Like she just fucking held her hand out and she just moved. Until the end of the movie, until we talked about this, and until we, like, reflected on what the fuck happened with Leia in that spaceship, I had no idea it was the Force. I thought it was a fucking invisible jetpack or some bullshit Well, like some that. people brought up the whole thing, like, Kylo pulling her back and, like, all this shit. Oh, like, horse shit, exactly. dude. Kylo don't give a fuck about it. her. Yeah, he was gone. I think that, I think over time... It will set in. That's not an excuse. It will. I, I think that's just realistically. Like I said, I've only seen it one realistically, time. Realistically, that's not. I'm not justifying it. I think that it was. I think it was a little too far. Oh God. Ideally, in my mind, bridge blows up. She stays in the bridge, holding herself there, or maybe floats out ten feet, and pulls herself back in. I think that the football field length distance for her to Mary Poppins back in might have been a little too. <laughs> Mary Poppins are way back in, but. I'm not heartbroken over it. I'm not either. But you know, at the end of the day, what's what's my solution as a fan is saying, whoa, Leia's fucking powerful. Is that so bad? No, it's not because Leia should be powerful. And so she is, are, so she is a just, descendant of a Skywalker, which is a very powerful bloodline. Which necessarily don't need to be trained. Like Understandable. Understandable. I totally agree. Think about it. Sky, but, Skywalkers need to be trained not what to do. They don't need to be trained what to do. But, <laughs> but, before you finish that statement, let me just state to you, rest in peace, Carrie Fisher, she has passed. She has moved along. Carrie Fisher as the actor, not as Leia, 
But if the actor has left us, she has gone away, why in the fuck would they have not killed her off in the eighth movie? Because no matter what happens to a person outside, you know how much she cared about these films. I how much she cared about can't her, agree more. How much she cared about her character. Would she want the story to change because she died in real life? No, but they had an opportunity. So you're saying that your response to the film is more important than what she would have wanted as a person on the character that built her Holy life. Holy shit, now you're making me feel like a piece of shit over here. I agree. Saying, right? No, 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 I agree. I totally what would, agree. What would she have wanted? She would have wanted it to live on. Do you think that if they killed her off earlier in the movie, what would have happened? Her and Luke wouldn't have had that moment. <sighs> Unfortunately, I think you're right. And I think that her, as a force ghost out there right now, oh, God damn it. is looking down, <laughs> thinking how pissed would everyone have been if Astral Projection Luke didn't get to see Leia. You want to talk about riots in the streets over The Last Jedi? Oh, God. If Luke and Leia didn't share screen time, there would have been riots in the streets. There's riots in the streets because it was a fucking force projection. Imagine if it never happened at all. I can't. I cannot imagine. And I totally agree. I love Carrie Fisher. I love Princess Leia. Same person. But, you know, like, I just feel like there was an easy way out. There but was why a take the easy way out? Why? I don't know. Why? But but you know. All right. Big question. Has she even filmed for nine? I mean, regardless. No no no, not regardless. No, see, Has she filmed for nine? All right. Because they're going to have to plan a death of Princess Leia in nine now. What? Sets, they had the perfect opportunity what in sets, eight. What sets the tone? And the setting for every Star Wars film. You tell what's, me. What's the first thing you see in every Star you Wars film? You tell the rollout? I don't fucking know. The rollout. So you think they're going to kill her off in the rollout? I feel like that's pretty Episode disrespectful. Episode 7, Luke Skywalker is missing. Nine. I'm just saying, think about like the opening crawl set to the tone of the movie. In oh, Episode 7, Force Awakens, everyone's like, we're gonna see fucking Luke. Let's get it. Opening crawl, Luke Skywalker is missing. He's gone. We have no idea where he is. Well, now we do. And but how does that set the didn't. tone for the movie? Right away you find out they're looking for Luke. Episode 9, if they put it in the crawl, whatever it is that they decide that Leia passes for, that movie's gonna fucking open with someone responding to the loss of Leia. Think about how many characters have been affected by her now. If you get to open Too scene of fucking Ray talking about Leia being gone, when the last line that Leia says is, we have everything we need. When Ray asks her, how can we build a rebellion out of this? Leia says, we have everything we need. Nine opens, hopefully fucking two, three, four, five years down the line, not right where the other one ended. And I mean, if you're thinking that like the next one's gonna start with some distance in between it, it's it's fitting that Leia's gone. Like Han's gone. If fucking Chewie dies, I'm gonna fucking flip a car and I'm burn something. I'm going to shoot myself in the head. That's a little. Chewie extreme. can't die. No, Chewie, no he, can't. he can't die. He's got. Well, he's gonna have to. He's getting old. Am I no, 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 no. He's. You figure he's probably like 60, 70. Are you shitting me? No, no, no. 60? In the Clone Wars, he's like 60, 70. Cause like Attack of the that, okay, okay he's in episode okay. two. No Jacob. three. He's in Revenge of the Sith. He's probably like 50, 60, which makes him like he's what, in every episode. Fifteen. Fifteen. Makes him like, makes him like he's 15 a teenager in, in Clone Wars. Wars? In Wookiee years. What does that relate to? Fucking dog years for you? Pretty much. I mean, they okay, probably they right. probably live longer than Sea Turtles. Okay, I'm gonna have to agree. I, I'm guessing a Wookiee. Out of out of purely just analyzing it. I feel Theory. like Wookiees live like 250. Where are you getting that information from? I don't know. They're like trees. <laughs> <laughs> trees live like if you cut a Wookiee open, there's rings inside the tunnel. You think so? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck a Chewie. They have to. Chewie's they, not dying. Hopefully. Chewie's not fucking dying. 
Hopefully. No. <laughs> Don't in nine. fucking finish that sentence. <laughs> Hopefully in nine, they kill off everybody from the old. I hate to... I'm done. I, I hate to I'm signing look at off. you like this, and I hate to have you look at me like this, but in nine, Luke's already gone. Yoda's long fucking gone. Oh, opposite. What? No, dude, fucking Luke going back into the forest allows no, Yoda to No, he's gonna be back. a forest ghost. Like, it's gonna be a thing, I'm sure. But Mark Hamill's not gonna leave. Like, Mark Hamill's gonna be in 9. No, he's definitely gonna be in 9. He's As gonna... a ghost or something like that. Like, I don't fucking know what he's gonna do. But they're going to have to kill off the older generation in order to bring in the new. And why don't they're you tell slowly that? but surely doing that. Why don't you tell us a 55% on Rotten Tomatoes that's saying that... Fuck Rotten Tomatoes! What the fuck? I don't even like tomatoes. I'm allergic to acid. You understand that? I don't eat acidic things. Oranges, grapefruit, tomatoes included. I can't eat that shit. Rotten Tomatoes, that's probably even worse than fucking oranges and grapefruit, if they're ripe. I can't eat that shit. So Rotten Tomatoes can suck my tiny little cock because I don't give a fuck. They're going to have to kill off the old members, period. End of story, they're bringing in a new generation. Chewie's gonna die. You know what, R2, fuck it, he might R2's, be no, there. No, 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 they did it right. They let him like gradually, like he's still there. He's in both movies. So you're, he like, is. you're like kind he of is. okay with it. I am okay with it, still. But it doesn't feel like tragic, which I'm okay with. Because I feel like, as an astronaut. Okay, in 7, it felt tragic. It did. Because, like, BB-8 pulled him off, and BB-8 was like, come help us. And, and C-3PO was like, he's in fucking deep sleep mode, or whatever he's Hibernation in. mode. Hibernation, there he's you a go. bear. He's a bear. He's a space bear. A brown bear. Those are not dangerous. Wait, is a black bear dangerous? I don't know. One of them are dangerous as fuck. He's not the dangerous one, whatever that one is. I think... I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see R2 in the next movie. Or if he's like serving drinks on the Millennium Falcon to the 12 people that are left over from the Resistance. God damn it, I really hope you're not true. I don't know. R2 or C-3PO, somebody needs to be left from the old movies. I do agree with you on that point. But they're going to have to kill off Chewie, unfortunately. And I hate to break your heart, sweetheart, but it's, it's done. He's gonna have to die in 9 or at least fucking 10. But that'll be like 10, 15 years from now. They'll finish 9. They'll fucking hopefully tell us who Snoke is because I fucking want to know. But R2, C-3PO, Chewie, they're all gone. Alright guys, well thanks for sticking around. If you made it this far, I'm going to go ahead and let you know that next week's episode will be about The Storms of Crate, which is a one-shot comic book being done by Marvel. Um, definitely I have some things to say about that. There were some interesting things and some uninteresting things, and yeah, I'll get into that. Uh, but for now, if you want to reach out to us, go ahead and hit us up on Instagram at the Star Wars Stories. That's with underscores in there, so it's the underscore star wars underscore stories if you have any questions just want to say what's up go ahead and hit us up there uh thanks for tuning in see you next week